Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, brought to you on the third Tuesday monthly from 1 to 2 p.m. EDT and 5 to 6 p.m. GMT. Aetherius Radio Live is hosted by Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. They always have an amazing show covering fascinating topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, and much, much more. They invite you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary Master of Yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. Today, they will be discussing the real Master Jesus. So without further ado, I give you hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Well, well, well. Who is this new voice? <laughs> Nikki, welcome as producer of Aetherius Radio Live. Yes, Thank it's wonderful you very to have much. you, Nikki. Wonderful to have you and as the producer now. And it's a wonderful privilege to be working with two amazing people. And uh, obviously we want to thank Courtney for all the, uh, I suppose it's years of production that uh, she's done on this program. Uh, so well, and welcome, as I say, to Nikki, who'll be producing from now onwards for BodyMindSpirit.com. Body Mind Radio, sorry. Body Mind Spirit Radio. I'll get it right eventually. <laughs> well, I hope you so, the show Chrissy. goes really well, Nikki. I know you're going to do a great job. This is Nikki Parrott, by the way, who's also calling in from England. So we have three English people on this show. <laughs> Not by design. And... Um, no. Here we are. And not every week, but uh, that's great, every month. So we're starting off then uh, with Nikki as our producer, but we're also starting on a very significant day, of course, being March the 15th, the true birth date of the Master Jesus. Yes. And, of course, most people think it's December the 25th. We've talked about this before on Ethereum Radio Live. And in actual fact, it was March the 15th. He was born in, of course, to herald in the Piscean Age, and Chrissy, as our resident astrologer, will be able to tell us a lot more about what that means as as the hour progresses. But Chrissy, right. I thought it would be a very good idea to start with some words that the Master Jesus delivered through Dr. George King just before Christmas in 1960, I think it was 1960, but I, I shall double check that. Um, when he actually delivered the the New Lord's Prayer. And just before giving the New Lord's Prayer, and I know a lot of our listeners will be very familiar with the New Lord's Prayer, um, he said these words, If at this time you would remember me, then do so in your every action, do so in your every thought, in your every prayer. Do so with all the atoms of your being and let your mighty love shine out. Let it go forth unto all the world. This, so adorable children, will be the greatest memory of me. Not your words, but your actions. Remember this. Beautiful. So I I think very beautiful and the very essence, of course, of... uh, It was 1961, I'm correcting myself, it wasn't 1960, December the 20th, 1961, those words were spoken, just before Christmas, and they certainly apply at this time, which is the real birth date, the real Christmas, actually. Um, And, and Chrissy, I think we ought to follow that, because um, he goes on, actually, after this, he says... um, A bit later, I'm here always to help you, to guide you, to give you my love and my blessings. If you would help in return, then, O adorable children, send out this power to all the world. So I thought we should start this uh, remembrance of the real Master Jesus by uh, talking about and practicing that instruction, really, that he gave there through Dr. King. That's a great idea, yes, absolutely. Now, I think really most people would say that the biggest crisis in the world at this moment, of course, is the crisis in Syria. 
And as we are broadcasting this particular program, there are peace talks going on uh, in Geneva. United Nations in Geneva is holding these talks. Uh, the Syrian government is there. Some opposition parties are there. There's the influence of uh, America and Russia. And these talks started last week. And last week, um, I, I'd like to just share this with the Theorist Radio Live listeners. I had a phone conversation with the spokesperson for the UN envoy for Syria. The reason for that is that, that some of the things that the Ethereum Society does, as which we've mentioned before and we'll certainly be mentioning again, are the cosmic missions that we perform. We send out energy through various missions. One of those is Operation Prayer Power. Uh, Operation Prayer Power, actually, uh, when it first started, and you and I were there at the time, Chrissy, very new to it all, but actually stopped a war, did it not, in the very early yeah. days of Operation Prayer, in the, in the early 1970s, in Cyprus. It stopped eight hours later after releasing, I believe it was 532 prayer hours, a war absolutely against all the predictions stopped in its tracks, and various other missions. So the reason I was speaking to the UN envoy was because of these missions that we perform primarily, uh, and we've been sending energy out for this situation for some weeks from all over the world, including in Los Angeles, Michigan, New Zealand, uh, north of England, and here in, in London. And I informed her, the spokesperson, that the Ethereum Society is praying for that region. And, and I asked her last week why the scheduled peace talks in Geneva had been delayed. Right. And she informed me that they couldn't, the reason it, they were delayed, if you remember, they were, they were held much later than had been originally planned, was because right. they couldn't find accommodation for the delegates because of an international car show. Oh. And to me, that, I mean, I didn't actually believe it. I, it's hard to believe that that could, be, that could happen, really, on this planet. And then, then I remembered these words from the Master Jesus, from the, the first blessing, uh, of the twelve blessings, the blessed are they who work for peace. And he said, this strange world needs the guiding hands of these ones. He's referring to these ones being those who work for peace. This strange world needs the guiding hands of these ones, and they give their hands to the strangers in the wilderness of materialism. And, you know, what could be stranger, Chrissy, than, than yeah. holding up peace talks for an area, let's face it, where... At least a quarter of a million people have died in the last five years. Yeah. Over 10 million people are homeless, have been made homeless. There are, I heard a figure this morning, actually, that something like 3 million, I think it was, children have been born since the war started. And these peace talks were delayed because of a car show. If, that, I think strange would be a, a very polite word for it really but however let's be positive and go with the positive advice that the master theorist gives us which is to give our guiding hands and to actually to give our raised hands uh, through the great great practice of prayer and that's i'm sure how he'd want us to remember him now we've been doing that actually on monday talking of operation prayer power there was a discharge of energy, and I think the, I don't know the exact amount, but it's got to be something just under 500 prayer hours was sent out from Michigan, uh, and it would be at about in the afternoon during the beginnings of these peace talks uh, to the delegates in Geneva, and I don't know the exact time, but it's got to be very close to the time of that discharge that completely out of the blue, and you've probably seen it in the newspapers today, yeah. Putin announced the withdrawal of troops from Russia. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, amazing. that is, you know, and just for listeners' benefit, prayer power is, is a mission. We, we will talk more about this in the future, but it's a mission where prayer energy is stored, and it's using the, the prayers of the Master Jesus, actually, the 12 blessings, and sent out in, in uh, very concentrated form to specific areas. And the specific area in this case was these peace talks and peace in Syria. And... I mean, whether it was just before, just after, I don't know. But certainly today, in the press today, troops have started to withdraw. At the moment, I mean, one can never rest on one's laurels. Anything could happen at any moment in that situation. Uh, but, of course, one of the other aspects of that situation, as we all know, is the, 
the potential for conflict between Russia and America. And at the moment, they are working together. And America was apparently completely taken aback by this move by Russia, uh, welcomed it. And this is an extremely positive, I think the UN has described it as a very positive development. And it definitely is. I mean, it's not in the bag, but it's moving in the right direction. And I'm perfectly sure in my own mind, Chrissy, because as well as these missions that I mentioned, including Operation Prayer Power from Michigan, uh, we've been conducting, ever since the peace talks started around various parts of of, of the Ethereum Society, daily services of prayer and online services for uh, peace and success with these peace talks in Geneva. Yeah, the peace talks are continuing, are they not, Richard? As well? They are continuing. They, they, they uh, actually mm-hmm. tomorrow they start what they call, call substantive talks. Um, and of course, you know, this is the state of our planet that they aren't yet ready to sit in the same room. So you've got UN yeah. delegates, you know, passing between different parties and so on. But at least they're talking. And of course, while they're talking, the ceasefire. Well, according to I think it was John Kerry said it's been 80 to 90% successful, the ceasefire. And that's wow. been in place for some while now. And as long as these talks continue, of course, so does, so does the ceasefire. And, and d- during that, of course, aid starts to get in, which it has been doing. So these are positive developments. And when I remember Dr. King saying to me, in any, any situation, be it a world situation or a personal healing, when you start to get definite signs, uh, positive signs, pile in virtually. Send in more energy, send in more healing. So we're definitely following that dictum and, and following, in fact, the words of the Master Jesus uh, with, with more runs, more services. And, in fact, on Thursday, for those who hear this uh, straight away, uh, in two days' time, on Thursday, which will be the uh, six, it'll be the 17th, won't it, of March, yeah. Thursday, because it's the 15th today, um, at 12 noon PDT, which is 3 p.m. EDT, which is 7 p.m. GMT, there's going to be a special online 12 blessings service through 12blessings.org. You just go there. You can join in with our live services. We've been doing dedicated services there over the weekend for Syria. And we're going to just carry on following this uh, these statements of the, of, of the Master Jesus to send out prayer, send out love for the world. And we're focusing yeah. at the moment on, on Syria. In fact, um, another another very, very moving um, transmission by the Master Jesus was is called Pray for These. You remember that one, Chrissy, in, in Wisdom Absolutely. of the Planets? Yeah. And, you know, he there says in another line, similar similar in style, he says, I ask for your support, not for myself, not for any one personality, but for your whole planet. And that's that is really the yoga of these days, is it not? Yes, yes. And I think very that's a change, from, really. Yeah. yeah, please. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Very different, really, from the orthodox kind of expression of Christianity. I'm not saying that orthodox Christians aren't doing wonderful work, many of them throughout the world, but I think it's a much more personal approach, a kind of a, a one-on-one, which is essential. But this is another kind of overlay, if you like. And this is the, yes. the real need in these days, is it not, for the world as a whole? Yes. And I think it's the progress, actually, since, if you like, the Master Jesus delivered the teachings that he did deliver, um, because as we're going to discuss, that wasn't his main reason for being here, although he was the most, one of the most wonderful teachers who's ever walked the earth with a, a teaching which is very hard to, you know, who could better the essence, the true essence of Christianity. Um, but, you know, it has come down, as you rightly say, is help your neighbor. And, you know, we were talking earlier, Chrissy, about the, there are wonderful, wonderful acts of kindness in our world and consideration and sacrifice uh, to, to friends, to family, to neighbors, to people in, in one's own community. I mean, you, you would never get a person sort of, or very, a lot of, most people would not pass by someone who was lying in distress on the road in pain and suffering and, you know, just pass by them in order to walk into a car showroom. But you would get people holding back peace talks in order to have a car show because they don't relate, they don't think 
lot of people, they can actually do anything for the world, do anything for a remote region. Uh, and the great message of the Master Jesus in these days is we can. We can make a massive difference through the great power of prayer. Absolutely. Very well said, Richard. <laughs> so maybe, Chrissy, you'd, you'd be kind enough to, before we really get started on, on the real essence of who the Master Jesus was and what he left, uh, by leading us perhaps in a prayer for Syria. That's a great idea, yes. Thank you very much. So if everybody listening would like to center themselves and sit up straight with the spine, straight, relaxed, around the neck and shoulders, and breathe deeply and evenly to find that peace within. And let us raise the hands now in prayer, the palms facing outwards, and allow this great power of love as personified by the wonderful cosmic avatar of love, the Master Jesus, to flow through us. Almighty God, we offer our heartfelt prayers this day for all those who are suffering in Syria and the Syrian refugees throughout our world. May thy wondrous power of great love flow through us, O God, to these ones now. We pray that thy infinite healing power may flow to all who are injured, who are hopeless and sick so that they may be strengthened, protected, and healed, that they may be given hope and faith and feel the power of thy infinite love. O wondrous God, may we be instruments for thy infinite power of love to flow through us, and may it flow at this time, O God, to all those involved in the peace talks for Syria, that they may be inspired by their higher selves, so that, if it be thy will, they may be successful in every way. We thank thee, O God, for this opportunity to be of service. May thy will be done. Let us just place the right hand once over the left in the mudra of detachment to finish the prayer. Thank you so much, Chrissy, and I think that's expressing what the Master Jesus told us, how he wished to be remembered through our prayers for the world. But let us now, if we could, move on and start talking about the real Master Jesus, because I feel, Chrissy, and I know Dr. King stressed this over and over again, that a kind of a myth has arisen about the Master Jesus, and we have, in fact, a lot of us anyway, the wrong impression of what sort of person, personality, if you want to use that word, he was. And, uh, you know, I think one of the first things to say, of course, is that masters aren't all the same. We've, we've talked about that before. Some people right. think all masters are, behave in a certain way. They don't. Right. They are very different. Mm -hmm. um, but the Master Jesus is, is depicted, you know, as an as a extremely compassionate, loving, caring, selfless person. Uh, Person, all of which, of course, he was par excellence to perfection. But there are other aspects of his character that tend to get missed over, and sometimes he's betrayed. They seem to like to focus on the weakness. Uh, for example, there's a lot of focus on his birth when he and depictions of him as a baby, when obviously he was vulnerable, uh, as all babies are. And there's a lot of depictions of him at his death when again he was in a very weak state, obviously, a terrible, tragic state. And of course his death isn't understood at all, which, which we're going to talk about. But I, I would like to focus, to, just to start the ball rolling, Chrissy, if I could, on, on the fact that he was a fearless, brave individual. And this really comes through what we know of his life. Uh, he, just to take one of the, the well-known stories, I think it was the age of 10, was it not, when he overturned the moneylender's tables in a temple. Well, that isn't um, a, a fearful, weak individual who no. would do something like that. And then I think when he was 12, I think it was, we're told he left his home, he left his family to, quote, go about my father's work. I mean, what tremendous bravery, what courage, especially in those days when people were wedded into their communities, their families, their, 
you know, if there was a tribal situation that, you know, stuck in and glued in and wouldn't have had, simply had the guts to go out and, and begin to seek uh, their mission for God, as he did at that very young age. And then talking about his death, of course, um, my goodness, that was, you know, they depict the death they, de- they very often. Uh, that's the big image that you'll get in various orthodox uh, buildings and so on the crucifix uh, which is an image we in the Ethereum Society would not recommend at all we, we, we our view that is a black magic symbol it's a symbol of death it's not a good thing uh, cross wonderful absolutely wonderful but not a crucifix um, but he actually of course showed tremendous bravery in bringing about this death you know, one of the things that amazes me, Chrissy, is is that people actually believe, and we've talked about this before, I think, that he was actually trapped by yeah. Judas. You know, um, he, he quite obviously, and this isn't just our opinion. This has been some historians have noticed this, uh, I think, too, more recently. It's quite obvious from the moves that he made that he set out to die, and in fact, from what I can gather he had a small smallish following some say it was around 70 people uh, but when he made it clear to his followers what he was going to do and he was setting out to fulfill certain prophecies that had been made whether these prophecies were actually correct in the beginning or not they were firmly implanted into the ethers and he set out to fulfill them um, most of those 70 from what i can gather from various historians, departed, left him. He was left pretty much then with the Twelve. Right. And one of those, of course, we're told, betrayed him. And, and you know, just the things that he did, up, upsetting the temple and attracting attention and all that sort of thing, was bound to lead to the situation that, of course, it did lead to. And he knew that. So... There's the first point I would like to stress, you know, not a, a weak individual, someone who was willing to to challenge the Jewish orthodoxy, upset the community, not abide by the Sabbath, for example, we're told, which was a very controversial, gutsy thing to do for someone who was regarded by some as a rabbi himself. Um, what do you feel about that, Chrissy? Absolutely. I mean, he was... A spiritual revolutionary, really. He, he revolutionised um, the, the you know the traditions at the time, and um, he he also he did things like as you know he he travelled on a, on a donkey in uh, into the town on mm-hmm. on the Sabbath, which was unheard yep. of, uh, to to kind of provoke people. He was a great provoker, wasn't he? Because he certainly um, he was. Wanted he had a plan, as you say, and um, he mm-hmm. he knew how to uh, bring that plan about through people's weaknesses mm. and uh, through their, you know, e- these evil people and so on. He he knew that how to bring this plan about. Tragically, mm-hmm. um, that it had mm-hmm. to happen. So yes, every step of the way, he was he upset apple carts and he provoked and he was uh, a revolutionary to to change the, the all the traditions that were wrong. Uh, and to bring in mm-hmm. his his teaching and his influence for this age, which we, of course we the lessons mm-hmm. he taught we are still learning and will do so I think for a long long time. Yes, and of course he he actually came to Earth quite deliberately to die, uh, in order to take karma uh, to save life. I mean he he has a quote from Pray for These: I gave my life to Earth so that she might be saved from imminent catastrophe. And then he goes on, I ask you now in these days to give all that you can give so that you can save your earth from imminent catastrophe. This would be the greatest tribute, of course, now these are my words, we could make to him. But it was clearly part of his mission, and and Dr. King spelt it out brilliantly in his Occult Secrets of Jesus lecture. Um, This was why he came, in order to die. Uh, The teaching was a secondary mission. Yes, yes. So that, that was the first quality, Chrissy. I was going to focus on. I know, I know, there's a lot you can you can uh, fill in on on his earlier life. But the other thing I was just going to mention before you do that was his brilliant mind. I don't think that's yeah. focused on much either. 
you know, the outstanding mind that he had. Uh, for example, in the Sermon of the Mount, although the Sermon on the Mount, in my opinion, is a, is a very weakened version of the original. Um, and of course, it isn't surprising because, you know, how, <laughs> how was it recorded? I mean, it would be hard you'd be hard pushed nowadays to record on a on a mountain a talk like that even if you could write and so on and write it down but in those days it must have been very very difficult to get the exact words that he spoke and then it's been through the translations and it has come out the worse for it but nevertheless you can still see that here was a brilliant concept and there's a couple of stories that come to mind to me which illustrate how sharp he was uh, and these these are the ones that I think of, Chrissy. One was when he was challenged, and of course these were all traps that were set for him, and he knew that. And he was challenged really to ask whether people should pay their taxes. And he came back with this famous answer: "Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's." Yeah, brilliant. And you know it's a very very clever, apart from anything else, an extremely clever, politically astute, off the cuff response to a trap uh, which is also true Uh, actually Dr. King kind of improved on this, he said give unto Caesar what Caesar thinks is Caesar's Um, (laughs) you remember and and my favourite of all, and then I'm going to hand over to you Chrissy because I know you've got a lot of very interesting research to share with us but my favourite is when he was um, asked whether a uh, an adulteress should be stoned to death by some, and of course the idea there was to trick trip him up because in the Jewish tradition of the day of that day, an adulteress should be stoned, and, and sadly there are still parts of the world where that kind of thing still goes on, as we know. Yeah. Um, and there he was asked directly, and of course if he'd said no, he'd be directly going against the Jewish laws, and they could have him. They'd have him on an, a precept, and it was a trap again. And then he came back with this most fantastic reply, which is, let he who who is without sin cast the first stone. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> and and they all left. And then he said to the adulteress, you know, go thy way and don't sin again but i mean what a you know apart from being one of the most fabulous teachings you can think of it is so many lessons in that one thing but the one one thing about it was the sharpness the quickness the brilliance of the mind of of the master jesus i think it also illustrates uh, what you said about his strength because um mm. you just illustrated and made me think that um everybody uh fell into his traps who were, you know, through their weakness, through their, you know, evil natures, they fell into his traps so that he could perform mm. his mission, but he never mm-hmm. fell into anybody else's traps. No, no. He was uh, too brilliant, well, as you say, and uh, strong and courageous and very determined. Yes, yes. And of course, as well as that was his tremendous love. I remember, I remember Dr. King saying that um, there were times when he prayed with such intensity that he physically bled the Master Jesus. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, um, uh, it's love incarnate. And I think after the break, perhaps Nikki can uh, do our halfway announcements in a moment. And then, Chrissy, perhaps you could share some of the fascinating uh, things that you have to tell us about the Master Jesus. Right. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> so, Nikki, could you please give us our um, halfway announcements? Yes, yes, absolutely. I will be privileged to do so. You are listening to A Serious Radio Live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, and today's topic is The Real Master Jesus. More revelations are given in the lecture by Dr. King, What Were the Occult Secrets of Jesus?, which is available on CD and download from www.etherist.org. Also available in two separate albums are the beautiful 12 Blessings transmissions delivered by the Master Jesus and the fascinating lectures on each of the blessings by Dr. King. There is also a wonderful, wonderful publication entitled Jesus Comes Again. To find out how you can practice these wonderful blessings, do visit www.12blessings.org, that's 12 in digits, where you can join in with the live online services that are held every Saturday and Sunday. 
Happening on this very day, March the 15th, are commemoration services of the birth of the Master Jesus taking place at the theorist society centers around the world, including at the Michigan branch at 8 p.m. EDT at 3119 North Campbell Road, Royal Oak, and in London at 8 p.m. GMT at the Aetherius Temple, 36 Kelvedon Road, London, Fulham. As Richard has already mentioned, on Thursday, March 17th, a special online 12 blessing service has been scheduled, which is dedicated for the Syrian peace talks in Geneva. This will take place at 12 noon PDT, this is for LA in the Pacific area, 3 p.m. EDT for Michigan and the eastern area of the USA, and 7 p.m. GMT in the UK. Again, for more details, please visit www.12blessings.org. In the the UK, Easter celebrations will be held over the last weekend of March, and the special Easter service in London will be held on Sunday, March 27th at 11 a.m. BST, that is British Summer Time. Another upcoming event in the UK is a one-day seminar taking place at the Aetherius Temple in London on Saturday, April 10th, Sorry, Saturday, April the 2nd, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., entitled 50 Glorious Years of Operation Sunbeam. This is being presented by a close follower of Dr. King, Mervyn Smith, who is still actively involved in the world-changing missions performed by the Ethereum Society. On Monday, April the 18th, power circles will be held throughout the Ethereum Society, to welcome an extraterrestrial spacecraft known as a third satellite which comes into orbit of Earth at 12 midnight GMT and potentizes all spiritual actions by a factor of 3,000 times. These power circles mark the first hour of the first spiritual push for 2016, which is happening, believe it or not, just hours before our next Ethereum Radio live broadcast on Tuesday, April the 19th. For more details about these spiritual pushes and power circles, please visit www.atherist.org. And please feel free to contact and connect with your hosts by visiting their websites www.richardlawrence.co.uk and www.chrissyblaze.com. And now we return you to your hosts, Richard Lawrence, and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you, Nikki. Wow. Thank you, Nikki. That's a lot of information there. Great. Um, And by the way, the next Ethereus Radio Live, I should mention, uh, will be uh, called Mars Sector 6, Lord of All He Surveys. And that uh, I'll be doing with Mark Bennett, because you'll be uh, otherwise uh, engaged, won't you, on that particular day, Chrissy? Yes. Yes, I will. But be. Um, I think there's one. There's a show coming up, though. I think we we don't. We maybe the one after or along the way will be one about Mars Sector Eight general information. That's a fascinating. Um, these are our cosmic master classes, and on Ethereum Radio Live, and you'll be doing that, I believe, with Alison. So, which is very appropriate, actually, as you'll discover uh, as that program uh, progresses. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Anyway, now, Chrissy, um, I haven't hardly let you get a word in edgeways, so let me be quiet, and, and please do tell us about um, the, you know, the, the, the Piscean Age and how it was heralded in by the Master Jesus and, and the other interesting uh, revelations you have. Of course, there's so much to say about the Master Jesus. We're only scratching the surface, aren't we, Richard? And please feel free to, we really to are. jump in. And, um, but just a little bit about the Piscean Age. Of course, as we remember, many of us, that throughout the Bible, uh, there are these symbols of the fish. And um, this, of course, is a symbol in astrology of the age of Pisces. And the Master Jesus heralded in this Piscean age and embodied the higher principles of this age, of which were love, sacrifice, faith, service, healing, and more. And, of course, it doesn't mean to say that humanity has the opportunity to learn these lessons, but, of course... These are enduring lessons which we are, as a race, uh, still learning, of course. Um, 
but in astrology, what is an age? An age is approximately a twelfth, one twelfth of a great year. In astrology, everything is cycles, and every single cycle, even the quicker cycles of the planets, um, I regard as opportunities for learning, for, for humanity to uh, grow, to change, to evolve through these cycles. And the great year is a huge cycle which lasts 25,000 years. So an age being a twelfth of that is roughly 2,150 years, uh, give or take 100 years or so, because the cusp of an age, the beginning of an age, takes some 100 years or so, I believe, to sort of really fully come in. And we're now on the cusp of the Aquarian age. Um, so this is an age, as I say, gives us an opportunity to learn different qualities to learn different truths if you like and uh, at the beginning of each age there has historically been a great avatar coming to embody those principles just as dr george king is the aquarian master and his life of teaching of the brotherhood of man or the sisterhood if you like to look at it like that of um, science and spirituality and many many other aspects of this aquarian age he um, came and embodied with his global healing missions and his teachings and so forth. And so the Master Jesus, a very, very um, fascinating individual, as Richard has pointed out, um, when we study him, we learn what we are supposed to be learning, if you like. Is there anything you want to add to the, to that, Richard? Well, no, I'm just I'm listening. I think it's very interesting because Pisces, from my very limited knowledge, of course, is associated with the emotions, is it, is it not, Chrissy? Yes. And the Master of Jesus was the master of controlled emotion, the master of love, and the master of that energy. And it just occurred to me the other day, and this is, this is how I, I thought of it, there is one energy. When you draw it to yourself, it is peace. When you send it to others... It is love. Oh, that's that's very, very profound, actually. Very interesting. Well, I think that's you know runs that concept runs through the the twelve blessings, for example. But I think it was undoubtedly demonstrated because people associated with the, the Master Jesus with being the peace bringer, uh, but also the radiator of love, and it's his his control over that energy and and the use of. Uh, emotion, but in a completely controlled way and taken to its highest level that he demonstrated, which I would have thought, Chrissy, was the essence of, of the Piscean ideal, really. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, very good point. Mm. But didn't you um, also uh, discover that he'd had a lot of links uh, with with the country I'm right in right now, Britain? Yes, very, very fascinating research that I had the opportunity to do when I was putting together some information about Master Jesus and his links to um, England, especially the West Country of England, a very mis mystical roots, this place. But this, this came about through, I read a lot of books about legends and tales that have come up in different parts of Cornwall and Devon and the whole of the West Country and other parts of Britain and, and Scotland too. And you may say, well, this is only legend. But if you think about it, that is how people communicated. That's how they passed on information. And over and over mm -hmm. again, the, the legends, whether it's in Cornwall or Devon or another part of the West Country or another part of England, uh, talks about the same thing uh, over and over again. That this, uh, obviously, Master Jesus, and I believe he did, came to England as a boy, and certainly uh, Dr. George King revealed that, that he did visit England as a boy. And you may say, well, how on earth could he do that? Well, his uncle, the Joseph of Arimathea, was a tin miner. And um, mm. he, there were a lot of tin mines in Cornwall. And oh, this yes. was a very active um, time when people would get in a boat and cross the world. And um, this really happened. Mm. And this is extremely well documented uh, about his uncle coming. And he, I'm sure, being a, a curious uh, individual, and we know that Master Jesus did come as a boy, would want to come with his uncle that he was very close to, and uh, we believe that he certainly did come to England. But there's another very interesting thing. Um, many legends say that his grandmother, Anne, was the Duchess of Cornwall, and mm. there's another tie, of course, if that's the case, to Cornwall, and in fact, um, mm. 
there are other legends that say his grandmother was Scottish, uh, so not quite sure which is true. But the, the legend about the Scottish connection is very interesting too, because it's said that um, she was from the town of Portingal in Perthshire, which surprisingly is the town from which Pontius Pilate family also came. But whether she was from Cornwall or Scotland, this British heritage... I, I would guess Cornwall, Chrissy, but I don't want to be yeah, biased at all. Yeah. But there's so many mystical connections with Jesus in that area. And I, and I think Dr. King has commented on that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think and, and likewise, King Arthur, you know, that was right. connected to uh, dealing with, if, if you like, aspects of the Holy Grail and so forth, which go back to the mission of the Master Jesus. And if indeed um, St. Anne was a, a Duchess of Cornwall, then that means that the Master Jesus was a member of one of Britain's royal families and had ties to the British aristocracy. Um, and also accounts for the fact that there are many legends of him having a sort of red-gold hair. And in fact, the description, which if we have time, going to read later, also talks about that, uh, which could be mm. um, his sort of British heritage, if that's the case. You know. So, so it was very, very interesting. It is interesting. I, I think actually it would be um, very interesting to hear that extract that you've, you've got to read us. And just before you do, I've, another quality I think of the Master Jesus that is that they choose to ignore um, nowadays pretty much is his strictness. I mean, right. he was very demanding. I mean, he uh, there's the story of uh, of telling a, uh, someone who wanted to follow him to. Or, or someone who wanted to find the truth or whatever, to give up, leave his family, sell his worldly goods and follow him. Yeah. Um, certainly, we know that St. Peter, just for one, and I wasn't the only disciple, I don't think, had a wife and, and family that he had to leave in order to perform the mission with the Master Jesus. Now, this is very contrary to the sort of cuddly image that <laughs> it pervades now of, you know, an all all you know, lovely Christmas family occasion and so on. Uh, I'm certainly not in any way against the family. I don't want to get that impression. But where it was called for, where there was, you know, life and death at stake and the future of the planet at stake, he was, he, nothing would stand in the way of his mission. And I mean nothing. Uh, and he was a very demanding and very strict teacher. And I, I think perhaps what you're going to read us, Chrissy, could um, illustrate that too. Actually, it does. You're quite right. This is a letter of Lentulus. It was an epistle supposedly written by Publius Lentulus to the Roman Senate, mm -hmm. which gave a physical and personal description of Jesus. And um, Publius Lentulus was a Roman consul during the reign of Augustus and was said to have been the governor of Judea before Pontius Pilate. And uh, I'll read this to you. There appeared in these days a man of the Jewish nation of great virtue named Yeshua, Jesus, who is yet living among us, and of the Gentiles is accepted for a prophet of truth, but his own disciples call him the Son of God. He raiseth the dead and cureth all manner of diseases, a man of stature, somewhat tall and comely, with very reverent countenance, such as the beholders may both love and fear, his hair of the color of the chestnut, full ripe, plain to his ears, whence downwards it is more orient and curling and wavering about his shoulders. In the midst of his head is a seam or partition in his hair after the manner of the Nazarenes, his forehead plain and very delicate, his face without spot or wrinkle beautified with a lovely red, his nose and mouth so formed as nothing can be reprehended, his beard thickish in color like his hair, not very long, his look innocent and mature, his eyes grey, clear and quick. In reproving hypocrisy, hypocrisy, he is terrible. In admonishing, courteous and fair spoken, pleasant in conversation, mixed with gravity. In proportion of body, most excellent, his hands and arms delicate to behold. In speaking, very temperate, modest and wise, a man for his singular beauty, surpassing the children of men. Yes, and I, isn't there another line, something like, it cannot be remembered that any have seen him laugh, but many have but seen him weep. Absolutely right. I missed, um, I missed that one out. But that's you're all right. right. No, it's fine. But it's, 
I only mentioned yes. Well, and and that was um, a Roman giving. Uh, of course, some dispute the authenticity of this, don't they? We have to say that mm-hmm. not everyone accepts this as as accurate, but it's certainly an interesting uh, description yeah. that was made. I think to the Emperor Tiberius or one of the emperors, wasn't it? It was sent in in a report back to the uh, well, to the palace, I believe. Maybe. Am I right? Uh, well, I know it was. This, it was written to the Senate, the Roman Senate. Oh, to the Senate, um, was it? Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Very, well, that's very interesting and, and very revealing, um, if, yes. if indeed it's accurate. It certainly seems to have some qualities that could be accurate, but who who can tell on things like that? But I, I think I mentioned how strict he is, and then, then I think one should also mention how compassionate this is known and how forgiving, of course. And perhaps the greatest example of forgiveness was the statement he he made, uh, was supposed to have made at his death, the moment of his death, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he was talking about the crowd then, of course, wasn't he, Chrissy, who had called for his death. And this is where something we must touch on because it was this is the reason he came to earth in in order to, to die, in order to take karma. All the great masters do take karma, um, uh, and of course Dr. King is another one who definitely took karma and took on a severe illness towards the end of his life, um, and the Master Jesus also um, went to a most dreadful death. He didn't die naturally, Dr. King said. He was allowed to suffer for so long, and uh, but he could have lived longer, but then uh, he had to to, to, it was brought to an end. He wasn't allowed to suffer anymore. That's the true caliber of this incredible master who would be more sensitive to these things than, by far than any of us would be. Um, uh, but what he did there was to fool the dark forces. Now, it, what this, is, this is of tremendous interest uh, to Dr. King, who understood it better than anyone. I think, as far as I know, Chrissy, no one's ever explained it before I haven't found it anywhere else in the way that Dr. King has explained it. And, of course, Dr. King, as a strategist himself, would relate very much, although he didn't like this particular strategy. And he made no secret of that, Dr. King. He didn't really agree with it because of the suffering that the Master Jesus brought upon himself and the apparent, and it is only apparent, victory of the dark forces because they seemed to win. Uh, in fact, what happened is the crowd was whipped up by dark forces and this brought about, as we all know from the history, his death and it was through that death and the Master Jesus knew all of this, of course, planned all of this, took the suffering for the sake of, of humanity and it prevented a catastrophe that was due at that time, delayed it uh, tremendously um, and that's the karma that he took. Uh, that's the real sort of essence. And I'd just like to just mention, because I think we're going to uh, talk about the last blessing in a moment. It's very fitting today. But just before we do, I'd like to mention a little uh, anecdote that I I recall very well. When Dr. King was in uh, England on one occasion, Chrissy, and um, it was a Sunday morning, and he was working on a project that was a very urgent one, and there was a service also being held at Ethereum's house in London, and he has he Dr King had a very modest, tiny apartment uh, at the top of Ethereum's house, which we've still kept uh, his bedroom exactly as it was when he had it actually, and then he had a small office next to it, and that's all that he had a bathroom which he shared with his wife, um, and he was sitting in his little office there. And if you, you'll remember, Chrissy, in those days, the technical room, the audio room, was upstairs, right bang next to his office. And in the hall, in our basement here, the what we now call the George King Chapel, a blessing was being played by the Master Jesus, which could be heard by Dr. King, even though he was working, because of the, he, was, he was next to the audio room. And as it was played, he stopped what he was doing, and he listened, of course. He'd been the channel for it, of course, in that very, very uh, building. But I I was helping him, and I walked up, and I was bringing him a cup of tea. And I walked in and sat down and, and sat down with him, listening to this blessing. And then the blessing finished. And at the end, he said to me these words. He said, and I'll never forget, he said, very spiritual man, that Jesus. And... 
I didn't really know what to say, Chrissy, to that. I mean, right. that, what can you say to that? Yeah. So I didn't say anything. And then afterwards he said, uh, much more spiritual than the adepts. Uh, and when he said that, I, I hastened to, to disagree with that because the Master Jesus is on record as making a statement about that, which I'm going to read in a moment. Uh, but he wouldn't hear it. He said, oh, no, no, they're scrapping boys. No, he's a very spiritual man. Very, very respectful and very reverent was Dr. King uh, to the Master Jesus, who, who he, he respected and revered and would never compare himself to. But I would like to... Um, talk about this statement that was made by the Master Jesus, and he must have made it for very, very good reasons. It's a very generous statement, but it's a very emphatic one. And it's a statement that he made about the three adepts, which we've talked about, of course, we've talked about the six adepts, in fact, on Ethereum Radio Live. You can download the program, I'm sure, if you're interested. And this is the statement from a transmission he called, which is called, uh, The Three Saviors Are Here, delivered by the Master Jesus. And he was talking about these three adepts. And he said this, These three have done more for the human race upon earth than any other three masters who have ever contacted the human race at any time upon this planet. In comparison with what they have done for you, my task and the results of what I did were naught, were not even worthy of mention. I, Jesus, whom you murdered, and who rose again to prove to you a great spiritual truth, have made this declaration before my God. I, I really think that's a statement, even on this his birthday, that we should ponder, because he's chosen to deliver it, and it's quite a statement, because, you know, I'm, and that's one that I... I sure for one minute the adepts themselves would not have made but he said they've done for you my task that's the whole mission of Jesus including his death and what it brought about and the results of what I did were not were not even worthy of mention and that's a certain perspective I think the master Jesus must want brought especially at this time with the uh, emphasis upon the, the works and the uh, deeds of the three adepts. It also shows the great love and respect that the great ones have for each other, does it not? And their oh, it does. And their Certainly does. Love of each yes. other. And, mm. Mm. and of course, it should be mentioned, of course, there's an interesting statement, I, Jesus whom you murdered, who rose again to prove to you a great spiritual truth. Of course, one of the great things that he did was something that marks out the adepts too, which is to turn a bad situation into a great one, adversity into advantage, if you like. And, right. of course, through the dreadful crucifixion, he gave the most famous and lasting known demonstration, I think, on this earth of ascension by resurrecting. Yes. And that, that was an outstanding demonstration, an outstanding karmic manipulation that he was able to do that and turn that into one of the most positive signs of what eventually we can all do, which is to ascend uh, into bodies. And he was on earth, I believe, Chrissy, for hundreds of years, the Dr. King said, after the resurrection. Yes, absolutely. I've read books, um, legends again, but of him uh, especially traveling the Americas. I know in the lost years, between the age of 13 and Thirty-three, he travelled throughout the world too, but um, also, mm. as you say, after the resurrection, there are many, many legends about him. This great teacher coming. Indeed. Indeed, and of course, the, one of the other things that comes over that perhaps one could mention is that he saw the potential in all people, and I, I think, although it's not, uh, you know, the, the major aspect of what we're discussing here, it's very interesting that shortly after his resurrection. He had there was this famous conversion of, of Saint Paul on the road to Damascus, uh, something that's in the news at the moment, Damascus. But uh, and, and and this conversion, of course, uh, was accepted throughout Christianity. I don't know what it was immediately, but this this isn't something that. I mean, he was a persecutor of Christians, and yet Jesus turned to him, saw his potential, 
and it's one of the most the quickest changes in a person i think on on record a, a, that kind of spiritual change from being a persecutor of christians to their death into being the most vigorous with the exception of certain disciples uh promoter of christianity probably there's ever been yeah that's a very good point and and Master Jesus saw this, and he was open. He was open to the company he kept, and people that traditionally he wouldn't keep company with, um, he, he did keep company with, and they didn't have to be of a particular doctrine or background. But anyway, Chrissy, I think uh, we've, as you rightly say, we've only scratched the surface, yeah. and I can't think for really of a, a more fitting way to conclude this uh, this hour. Than with the last blessing, of course, the, the the twelve blessings. I mentioned the Sermon on the Mount earlier are an extension of the Sermon on, on the Mount, and of, uh, and I would say a, a tremendous um, step upwards in every possible way. For I mean, they're much more accurate, of course, because they they are given through Dr. King and not just handed down through various translations and documents and so on, and they go much much further. And to conclude them, Dr. King gave a blessing to the Master Jesus, which is absolutely beautiful. And Chrissy, perhaps you could lead us in the blessing and the prayer of this final, the last blessing delivered by Dr. King. It would be my honor. Thank you very much, Richard. So if everybody could once again raise their hands in the prayer mudra. Blessed is Jesus, O divine spirit of all creation, we send our love and our blessings to the giver of the blessings, the Master Jesus. This is the last blessing. Blessed is he who in wonderful simplicity came among us to stay here upon this earth and to die, so that man upon earth might be given an opportunity to come that little bit nearer to the heart of God. Blessed is Jesus. Thrice blessed is the body of him Seven times blessed is the heart of him. Nine times blessed is the mind of him. And once, and always blessed in the heart of God, is the spirit of him. Almighty Brahma, divine Lord of creation, send forth the power of thy love now, so that we might direct it to this wonderful angel, who walked in lonely yet shining simplicity among us. Send it through us unto this one, so that he might use this energy to further his great mission upon this planet and upon any planet he would visit. Send forth thy power, O Brahma. Allow us, O Brahma, to do this one little thing, in return for the sacrifice made by this great being. It is done, even as we request, for it is written that man's extremity is thy opportunity. For this, we bow our heads in eternal gratefulness to thee and to thy disciple, Jesus, who is forever among us. Thank you, Chrissy, and thank you to all our listeners at Ethereus Radio Live. And over to you, Nikki. Thank you, everybody. Well, thank you, Richard and Chrissy, for another fascinating show. You have been listening to Ethereus Radio Live your cosmic connection on the third Tuesday of each month. The next show will be on Tuesday, April 19th, with the intriguing title, Mars Sector 6, Lord of All He Surveys. For more information on the events mentioned earlier in the show, or to connect with the Ethereum Society, please visit www.ethereus.org and www. 12blessings.org and also obviously connect with the hosts Richard Lawrence by visiting www.richardlawrence.co.uk and likewise with Chrissy Blaze by visiting her website 
at www.chrissyblaze.com. Thank you so very much for listening and enjoy the rest of your month.